Today we'll be Yemit Hashem discussing the dinam of Beirer and Shabbos, which is selecting on Shabbos, which is one of the Lamites Malachis. Beirer was done in the Mishkan when they used to separate the Pseilis, the sediment from the Samamon and from the spices. And because it was done in the Mishkan, it's biblically forbidden on Shabbos to separate or select, as we will soon discuss. I just want to mention that the laws of Beirut are long, complicated, with many, many details. In these classes, we're going to be discussing the general rules of Beirut, just to give people the general knowledge of Beirut. Obviously, when issues come up, you need to ask it over, look into Shulnaruch, and find out what, to, what needs to be done. In order for Beirut to be biblically forbidden, there's three criteria, so to speak, for that to be. It has to be done with a keli hamiyuchad lakach. It has to be done with a vessel which is designated to separate, or you separate the psalis from the oichel, the bad from the good. The definition, when it comes to bated of bad from good, does not necessarily mean bad things from good things. Rather, what you want is considered good. What you don't want is considered bad. And we'll discuss this as we go along. But Pseilis from Eichel, which is forbidden to separate on Shabbos, is when there's a mixture of two things. And you separate one thing that you don't want. And from the things that you do want, that is forbidden on Shabbos because of Beirut. Or, if it's, or, and, and, or, if it's not done for immediate use. So these three things constitute the Malach of Beirut. It's des- done with the Kele Amiyuchad Lekach, which is a vessel which is designated for the usage of separation. In Halacha, there's two types of Kelem. It's called Kenein V'tamchoi. Kenein would be like we describe basically as a funnel which was used to separate. Or Tamchoi was a plate. There was a big plate that they would put things on and they would shake it and that would separate the good from the bad. Or today it would be also called a sieve or a strainer. If anybody uses a sieve or a strainer on Shabbos to separate, no matter what they're separating, even if they're separating the good from the bad, it's still forbidden to use a keli hamiyuchad lakach, a vessel whose designated purpose is for the sake of selection. So therefore, beirer, in a permissible way, is when you separate the good from the bad, what you want from what you don't want. It's also done biyad, by hand, not with a vessel which is designated for usage. Now, biyad doesn't mean you actually have to do it with your hand. If you're using a fork or a spoon for convenience, either because you don't want to get your hands dirty or you can't reach it, and you want to use a fork to be able to grab it, that is not forbidden. It's forbidden to use a vessel whose designated purpose is to separate it. For instance, if somebody wants to take some coleslaw and they have these spoons that have perforated spoons that have holes in them, that when you pick up the coleslaw, the liquid drains down. So even though you're taking the coleslaw, which you do want, you're separating from the liquid that you don't want, but the fact that you're using a spoon whose designated purpose is to separate the coleslaw from the liquid and the liquid from the coleslaw, that would also be forbidden to use on Shabbos such a spoon if you're using it for the sake of separating 
the liquid from the solid or the solid from the liquid, no matter if it's the good from the bad or the bad from the good. And the third time Beirut is allowed is when it's for immediate use. If somebody wants to separate good from bad, but it's not for immediate use, it's for later usage, is also forbidden to do on Shabbos. And now we're going to discuss the details of each one of those criteria of Beirut. The first concept of Beirut, like we said, is a keliam yuchud lokach, a vessel whose designated purpose is to separate or select. That is forbidden to use on Shabbos. So we said a knain, a tamchui, the funnel, or this shaking plate, a sieve, a strainer. According to most opinions, using a peeler, a vegetable peeler or a fruit peeler, to peel fruits and vegetables on Shabbos is also forbidden. Even though peeling fruits and vegetables themselves are allowed to be done on Shabbos, because it's not called selecting, you're not selecting the peel away from the fruit, you are actually peeling it in order to come to be able to get to the fruit, so it is, in a certain respect, baited, but and therefore two things. If somebody wants to peel fruits and vegetables on Shabbos, it has to be done for immediate use, and we'll soon define what the definition of immediate use is. And secondly, it cannot be done with a vessel whose designated purpose is to peel, according to most opinions. So therefore, just for, to discuss a little bit, what happens... If you want to peel a fruit whose peel is not edible, let's say an apple, an apple is allowed to be peeled, it shouldn't be done with a peeler, but you can peel an apple, not even for immediate use, because you're not separating bad from good, the peel is part of the apple. So if somebody wants to make a fruit salad, let's say, with apples, and they want to cut up and peel the apples Friday night for Shabbos day, that they would be allowed to do. But if you're talking about a peel which is not edible, let's say you want to cantaloupe, watermelon, uh, we'll soon discuss about nuts, but other fruits and vegetables that the peel is not edible, so you're allowed to peel the fruit and vegetable on Shabbos, but it can only be done prior to using the fruit and vegetables on Shabbos. And Al-Tarebbe says, what is the definition of li'alter? What is the definition of immediate use? Right before the meal. And Al-Tarebbe says, if you're going to be doing it, la'achar shoh, if you're going to be doing it after an hour, it's not called immediate use. So just to discuss a very practical halacha. What happens somebody is planning to go to Shul Shabbos morning, and they want to make a fruit salad. So they want to make apples and pears and grapefruits and the various different fruits. The fruit salad cannot be made Shabbos morning for Shabbos meal for lunch because that's too early already. And even though you're peeling the fruits and vegetables and it's not real burdered, but it's burdered enough that it's considered selecting a Shabbos and removal and therefore the fruit salad must be done Shabbos, after you come home from shul, then you can peel the fruits and vegetables. If somebody wants to make an egg salad for Shabbos lunch, 
So the din is the eggs must be peeled, which is again peeling non-edible eggs. You need to peel the eggs right before you're planning, right before you're coming to eat the meal. You cannot make an egg salad Friday night for Shabbos lunch. You cannot make an egg salad early Shabbos morning for lunch that day either. Or if somebody is planning to have a shalashudas and they're planning to have egg salad and they want to peel the egg Shabbos morning for shalashudas, that would not be allowed because you are separating not for immediate use. So again, you cannot use a peeler, you cannot peel fruits and vegetables if the peel if the peels are not edible unless if it's prior before the eat right before the eating. If you, let's say you have fruits and vegetables that have a lot of dirt on them and you want to soak them in order to separate the dirt from the actual fruit, that's also forbidden to be done on Shabbos. But if somebody wants to take an apple, grapes, or whatever it may be, and they want to wash it before for sanitary purposes, so then you would be allowed to wash it, uh, even though some dirt might be coming off, but technically it's edible. You could eat it even without washing it, and therefore it's not considered better because you're not gaining anything by separation. You need, you're doing it to be able to eat the fruit in a sanitary way. Now, beirir is not allowed if you separate the food, the bad, I'm sorry, if you separate the bad from the good. Now, the question is, what's the difference if I'm taking away the bad from the good or I'm taking the good from the bad? What's the difference? It's basically the same thing. But Allah says that when you separate the good from the bad, which is allowed right before eating without the designated vessel, that's not called selecting, that's the way you eat. The way you eat is you take the food and you put it into your mouth. So you're automatically selecting the good from the bad, but it's not selection, it's what's called derech it's the way you eat. Removing the bad from the good, even though people do it when they eat it, but that's not called eating, it's called separating the bad from the good, which would be forbidden. Therefore, what happens... If somebody is given a plate of cholent, and in the cholent there's meat and potatoes and barley and a whole bunch of things, and somebody doesn't like the meat, they don't want to eat the meat, halachically it would be forbidden to remove the meat from the cholent, because for you, you don't want the meat, that is called bad, even though the meat is more expensive than the potatoes, but for you, because you don't want it, you are not allowed to take out the meat from the cholent. What you have to do is eat the entire cholent and leave over the meat. What happens though if somebody else would like to have that meat, you don't want the meat, but somebody else does want the meat, you are allowed to take out the meat and give it to the other person because that's again selecting the good from the bad rather than the bad from the good. Or, for instance, let's say somebody has a container of mixed nuts. And there's different nuts in the, in the mixture. You are not allowed to take out what you don't want or push it away. What you need to do is take out the nuts that you want. And then you're separating good from bad for immediate use and would be allowed. 
What happens if somebody is eating a bunch of grapes and you have a few bad grapes on the cluster, on the bunch? So logically, you are not allowed to remove the bad grapes from the good grapes because that is better, that's selecting and separating the bad from the good, which is forbidden. What you need to do is eat the good grapes and leave over the bad grapes on the bunch and then that's not a problem. If somebody has a mixture of food and part of the foods are burnt, and you don't want the burnt part. So again, to remove the burnt meat or fish or whatever it may be, to remove it from the rest would also be forbidden because you are separating the bad from the good. It's only allowed when to separate the good from the bad. So this is a practical case. A lot of times you serve a mixture of food and the kids don't want this, they don't want that, they don't even want it on the plate. Uh, you have to be very careful with the Indian of Beder, unless if you're going to be eating and you're going to take off what they don't want and you're going to be eating it, then you could separate the good from the bad for immediate use. What happens, and this is a unique din of the Alter Rebbe, uh, it's not only the Alter Rebbe, but the Alter Rebbe, as far as we're concerned, is the authority in this matter. What happens if you have a fly in your soup? Or a fly in your drink? Or something falls into the soup that you don't want? So there are opinions in Allah that say, if you take a spoon and take out some of the soup together with the fly, it's allowed. Why is it allowed? Because in one min, in one kind, there is no beirer. If everything is uh, the same type of a nut, and I'm taking some nuts and some nuts not, because they're all the same, nothing spoiled, they're all the same, there's no din of beirer at all. It could be done even for later usage, not even for immediate use. It's no beirer. Beirer is when you separate one thing from another, but if they're all the same, then there's no din of beirer. Therefore, many poskim hold that if a fly falls into the soup, you could take a spoon together with, you can't take out the fly by itself, according to all opinions, because you're separating bad from good. But if you take out a little bit of soup together with the fly, so then because you're taking soup from soup, so then according to many opinions, it's not better and it's allowed. Daltrebbe emphatically is against that in the Siddur, and in Siddur Daltrebbe Paskins, you're not allowed to take out the fly from the soup or anything particle that you don't want from the soup or from the drink with a spoon, and the Dalt Rebbe says it's, it could be biblically forbidden. Dalt Rebbe says what you need to do is something else in that case. Dalt Rebbe says you need to take the cup in your hand and spill out the fly. He says you can even blow the fly to the end of the cup, or the end of the plate, and then you tilt the plate. Dalt Rebbe says why is that allowed? And Dalt Rebbe says a big chiddish, because Dalt Rebbe holds when you take a cup in your hand and pour out, Dalt Rebbe says what you're really doing essentially is taking the good in the cup away from the bad. And it's a chiddush of the Dalt Rebbe, and it can work both ways. But Dalt Rebbe holds when you pour out something bad from a cup, you're not actually removing the bad from the good, you're removing the good in your hand. What's in your hand is what you want, and that's the cup, and that you're removing from the, from the bad, and because you're removing the good from the bad, 
that would be allowed to be done on Shabbos. Another interesting din that the Altarebbe holds on Beirer, and that is, the Altarebbe says you should not eat walnuts on Shabbos. And the Rebbe says with walnuts, there's two reasons why you shouldn't eat walnuts on Shabbos. Number one, the, the shell itself, because it's not edible, after you finish eating it, the shell becomes muktza. And that then would apply according to the Altarebbe, any nut that's in a shell which is not edible, it doesn't apply to pumpkin seeds or sunflower seeds because they're edible. But anytime you have a nut, whether it's almond or no, no matter what type of nut it is, that the peel is not edible, the Altarebbe holds you should not eat those nuts on Shabbos because you will come to play with it and it's a problem of muksa because the shells are muksa. But the Altarebbe says with the walnut is a second problem. There's that skin in between the nut. Now when you have the skin inside the walnut, there's these partitions between the actual nut itself. And then you have to be very careful with bitter because you can't take out the shell, the, the separation from the nut. You need to take out the nut from the separation. And Dr. Rebbe says people are not very careful with that and they could come to a biblical level of bitter. So therefore Dr. Rebbe says you should not eat nuts, walnuts and Shabbos for two reasons. Number one, muktzeh and the Shaila of Beirut, but it also applies to uh, the concept of Beirut also. Amir Shem, in the next class, we will continue in the laws of Beirut.